Hello, this is Jay Lewis, and welcome to the Old Radio Companion. Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as Father. The Life of Riley. Henry! Henry Aldrich! Coming, Mother! Hello, old radio companion listeners, and welcome to another show, and it's so great to have all of you with me today. And if you listened to last week's show, um, or this last show, you'll know that this is our extra show for the week. Uh, We usually have only one show uh, during the week, it usually uh, plays out on Friday, but we had some technical difficulties, so we got a little behind, so we're kind of making this up to you (laughs) by having this extra show for you this week. But next week, we'll kind of continue our uh, regular scheduled programming and have a show on for Friday. Uh, It's always so great to have you join us, and uh, we continue our Celebrate Summer series. And actually, we only have two more of this series uh, shows for this series. Um, It'll be this week and then next week. And then we'll be moving into some regular shows. And then before you know it, we'll be into our fall shows. Um, I told you all uh, last week that um, I'm not really ready to let summer go. I, <laughs> I'm enjoying the summer. I don't want fall to come too soon. But you know what? Before we before we know it, you know we're going to see the leaves uh, change on the trees, and the, the weather's going to be changing. And yes, like I said, the barrage of pumpkin spice products. You know, I I think I want to actually count on how many pumpkin spice products that I see these coming weeks and then share them on the show. They are coming, you know, the soaps and the coffee creamers and the even cereals and oh man, they put pumpkin spice in everything. Well, hopefully in your neck of the woods or wherever you are living that you are seeing also those gas prices coming down here where i live um, they are coming down they're a little lower than they used to be Um, and i made a comment a few weeks ago that i have now seen a place other than a funeral where people look more depressed and that is at the gas pump (laughs) so it is so true i'm actually been at the gas station and seen people like sitting in their cars they look so depressed they look like they just came back from a funeral or Something really bad. I actually saw a guy like having his gas pumped and he had his head down on his dash. Like he was just like counting how much he was going to have to pay for gas. I really feel for people and I know it's been hard on everybody. But anyway, um, I do, I did have this joke that I came across and it said that this man said that gas is so high now that the mailman is now working from home. Uh, the man says, Hey, he called, the mailman called me yesterday and he read my bills to me over the phone. Well, that's <laughs> kind of how it is. Everybody's having to conserve, but I know the gas prices are coming down, so that's a good thing. There's another joke I came across. You'd like this one. Uh, there's this old lady, and uh, she was watching the show for about 10 minutes, and she said it was such a great show. 
I mean, she really liked it because the lady on the TV show was listing out all these great fun things to do. I mean, it gave her some really great ideas. And then she realized that it was a religious show and this lady was reading a list of sins. <laughs> okay, I hope you enjoyed that one. I love that joke. Okay, let's get on with the show. So, like I said, we just have two more Summer Series shows left. And today, I was kind of thinking about these last two shows. And, you know, this is all the time where we travel and we go on trips and we take cruises or fly or sail. Or, you know, some of us, you know, go locally. Some of us go to these exotic places. And as I was thinking about that, I started thinking about these people who really did get stranded on des- on these islands, on these tropical islands. You know, they became real-life castaways. You know, just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from the tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Yeah. A lot of us grew up watching Gilligan's Island, and, you know, although watching that show, you know, it didn't really take a lot of intelligence to realize that, you know, we were really being sold a fake bunch of goods. <laughs> in that show i mean you know it it was mainly about it being funny and gilligan and and the skipper and all that but in no way shape or form would it have been anything like being stranded on an actual island and you know what the really weird part about the show where everybody always talks about is that it was a three-hour tour and they seemed like they took everything they had luggage they had everything and they were just supposed to be out you know for a three-hour tour but anyway you know you have to give the show a break, though. It was supposed to be ridiculous and about the characters and the jokes and all the running gags. And it was more about that than being technically or logically realistic. So, yes, a three-hour tour. They brought luggage. And also what was amazing about that show, too, was all the stuff they could make out of having nothing. You know, they could just it seemed like they could make anything work with just having bamboo and you know, all the stuff on the island. But anyway, we also know, though, that really being on a stranded, stranded on a um, deserted island out in the middle of nowhere would not have been that way at all. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of look at real-life people who actually were real-life Gilligans and professors or, you know, Robinsons or Tom Hanks in The Castaway. You know, Wilson! Wilson! You know? So anyway, here we go. So... This first one is said not to be totally believed or be real, so it could be fiction. There's some skepticism about this first one, but it could be real. But this does come from an account from the man himself. His name was Jose Salvador uh, Valarenga. Alvarenga, yes. And so his story is that he went out fishing, and his boat entered a storm, and he got blown off course, you know, which is usually what happens. And he had a friend with him, and after getting stranded on an island, his friend shortly died just soon after. And so there he was, stranded on an island, and he survived 13 months. He lived by eating fish that he caught, and also when drinking water wasn't available, he would drink turtle blood. (laughs) So he was supposedly stranded for 13 months, and he survived. So some experts have looked at this story and... Well, they feel that Jose was telling a tall tale, and though the skipper was not with him. So the thing that made them wonder, well, he looked really, really good for being stranded on an island. I mean, you know, if you're going to tell that story and you're, it's not going to be true, you know, try to lose some weight, try to look the part, you know, look like you've been stranded on an island. But I guess they were skeptical because he looked way too good for being stranded 
But you never know. Maybe he just took really good care of himself and he knew what he was doing, you know. Okay, anyway, that one, they didn't know if it was real. These next, though, <clears throat> two are real. There was a guy named Alexander uh, Selkrick. And this is the guy that they have modeled uh, or took the story from and modeled Robinson Crusoe after. So he's the real-life Robinson Crusoe. And so um, <clears throat> he was a Scottish man, and he was stranded on a deserted island, and he was there for four years. So the story is, is they got there because of, of a, sh he wasn't, didn't get there because of a shipwreck. You know, usually you hear about these shipwrecks, but um, he actually was a, uh, was part of a crew aboard a ship called the St. George, and it was sailing, and it made a stop in the um, Archipelago Islands west of Chile. And so, and so because um, when he got there, the boat was going to be leaving again, and he thought the boat he was sailing on was in really bad shape. <laughs> He didn't think it was seaworthy. And so he was afraid to continue on the trip. So he decided to stay on the island instead, um, instead of continuing on this journey with the ship. So the captain was nice enough to, he left him there, but he left him with some clothes, a musket, some tools, a Bible, and some tobacco. So, you know, he had something to wear. He had, you know, something to protect himself or kill, I guess, you know, food. But he also had a Bible, you know, so he could smoke, catch up on some holy scriptures. <laughs> so, and he also built himself some huts, which he made out of pimento leaves. So he ate shellfish and anything else he could survive. So according to the story, too, this is kind of a funny part, was he was living in one part of the island on the outer border, you know, and he was driven deeper into the island because of sea lions. <laughs> yes, he had these sea lions that were coming to the island and they came to this certain place where he was and they got really aggressive because... They were coming to mate. So it's kind of the makeout point for the sea lions, you know. So when he was there on the island, he got driven uh, deep more inside the island because of these very aggressive sea lions. So anyway, as, as time passed, <clears throat> yes, a whole four years and four months later. And yes, finally, another ship came to the island, which was friendly. And it finally picked him up and he finally got off the island. But before that, there were two Spanish ships that actually had come by, but he didn't trust them enough. Just like he didn't trust that the ship was seaworthy. It was really funny. He stayed on the island. So these two Spanish ships, he didn't really trust them. So he passed them on the invitation to pick him up. So while he was waiting for other ships, he lived off of wild goat, which he shot with his musket. And he had to avoid the very aggressive and mean sea lions. You know how those guys can be. But he also ate off of the land and he ate wild turnips. So the island that he got stranded on today is actually called the Robinson Crusoe Island. Pretty cool story. Okay, this last one. This is really cool, actually. I like this story. It happened when a captain named Ernest Shackleton and his crew of 28 men were aboard this English ship called Endurance. Well, they couldn't have named the ship a better name because that's exactly what her captain and crew had. They had endurance. And so they left for sea on August 8th, 1914. And the mission was to cross the South Pole continent and go from one sea to another. Well, during this trip, the ship, the ship got trapped in ice. So basically, uh, Shackleton and his men were marooned and trapped in, 
in the Antarctic for five months. They basically floated on top of the ice and they lived um, eating seals and they kept warm. This was really kind of funny. They kept warm by playing ice hockey and they had dog sled races. Very funny. So they obviously had dogs with them, which is kind of interesting. So in April of 1916, so two years later, Shackleton and five of his men got in a three life, uh, three small lifeboats and they tried to find an island called Elephant Island, which they knew they could possibly get to. So they spent 16 days on the ocean in search of this island. They finally found the island and they landed on it, uh, you know, going through some treacherous mountains and glaciers. And they were journeying across it so they could find this whaling station so they could get some help. Shackleton did return to Elephant Island to rescue the men. And the amazing part is that Shackleton and all his men, all 28 of them, survived and made it back. Well, just apart from missing some toes, you know, from frostbite or something like that. But overall, everybody was well. Well, anyway, those are our castaways, some really interesting stuff. And now a word from the sponsor from the past. There's no place like home, but there's nothing like leaving home now and then for a pleasant vacation. I have two suggestions from Seattle First National Bank that will help make your vacation completely carefree. No matter where you're going, you'd be wise to convert your cash into safe, convenient traveler's checks. When you purchase your traveler's checks, you sign each one here. And it can't be used until you sign your name again here when you cash it. Your record of the serial number of each check, which is also kept at the bank, protects your funds against theft or loss. Seattle First will supply traveler's checks in handy denominations of 10, 20, 50, and $100 at a cost of just 75 cents per $100. While you're on vacation, let Seattle First protect your valuables and important papers. Leave them in a safety deposit box at Seattle First National Bank. The rental fee is very modest, and you'll be free from worry. Today on The Scoop, a real-life newsreel about real-life castaways that were shipwrecked for 15 months on an island in June of 1965. We feared you had forgotten us. Now we live. We are no longer the castaways. I am Sione Fakaua. Five classmates and myself from St Andrews College in Tonga were shipwrecked on this island in June 1965. Utter Island has been taboo for a century since the days when the slave traders took many people away. At first, Utter was not kind to us. Our small boat was broken on the rocks and we were cut and bruised when we came ashore. We lived, but our fights to stay alive was not yet over. At home, but the seabirds that flew about the castaways contained moisture. They caught the birds in their cliff nests and drank their blood. Without the birds, the Tongans would have died on the rocks. On today's show, it's from the Jack Benny Radio Show. It's titled, Jack Opens Swimming Pool for the Season. It originally aired April 18, 1948. Well, it's becoming summertime, and it's time for Jack to get his swimming pool going at his home in Beverly Hills. And well, with Jack and the gang, something's always going to happen. So let's listen in and take a splash with Jack Benny. Enjoy the show.
The Grape Nuts Flakes program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Somebody says what America needs is more smiles for breakfast. So here's your old friend, Doc Wilson, right on the job with news of how to achieve more breakfast smiles. Perfectly simple. Just serve more tempting, satisfying breakfast. Breakfast that feature grape nut flakes. Now, perhaps the best way to describe grape nut flakes is that they give you such a feeling of well-being with which to start the day. Grape nut flakes start right in tempting the eye, then they tempt the taste. Crisp, toasty brown texture, malty rich, sweet as a nut flavor. The famous grape nuts flavor in toasty brown flake form. But don't forget, grape nuts flakes are a whole grain cereal. So beneath all their crisp, lighthearted goodness, there's plenty of hearty, whole grain nourishment. So for more smiles, for family, for breakfast, for budget, better make it thrifty grape nuts flakes every morning. <laughs> Navy, played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we would like you to take you to the backyard of Jack Benny's home in Beverly Hills, where Jack has been spending a great deal of time the past week out in the open air. It's uh, yesterday morning. Take it away, Beverly Hills. Oh, gosh, it's beautiful out here today. You know, Rochester, there's nothing like spring in Southern California. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where else can you see flowers in full bloom in the middle of April? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where else can you sit out in the open beside your swimming pool and feel those hot rays beating down? You better turn off that sunlamp, boss. You're cooked. <laughs> yeah, I guess I've had enough. I don't want to get too much all at once. I'm the type that freckles. Me too. You'll have to take my word for it. <laughs> now, Rochester, pull the sun lamp back in the bushes and cover it with palm leaves. Leave it right out in the open, boss. The heck with the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Covered with palm leaves. And by the way, Rochester, how's our victory garden coming along? Oh, fine, boss. Mr. Coleman's chickens were over early this morning and weeded it for us. <laughs> Ronald Coleman's chickens? Rochester, I told you to fix that hole in the fence. I did. Even the big fat ones can get through now. <laughs> I mean block it. Those darn chickens will scratch up all the seeds. Let's get this straightened out, boss. Is our objective carrots, peas, or fried chicken? <laughs> carrots and peas, vegetables. Now block up that hole. Okay, I'll cover it with a frying pan. Use a piece of wire. <laughs> wire. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. You well enough to be outdoors now? Oh, sure. <laughs> the doctor told me to get plenty of fresh air, so I thought I'd stretch out here in my bathing suit. Bathing suit? Is that thing a bathing suit? Of course. <laughs> 
Well, you ought to get a new one. They're not wearing them with bloomers anymore. <laughs> I've got helium in these bloomers. I'm not going to sink. <laughs> Besides, the moth chewed the elbow out of your left sleeve. Mary, it so happens that I lost the elbow out of that sleeve when attacked by a man-eating shark in Lake Michigan. A shark in Lake Michigan? All right, it was a perch. <laughs> in, in mating season, they're vicious. <laughs> anyway, Mary, isn't it, isn't it beautiful out here today? Look at those birds. Aren't they cute? There's always a louse in every crowd. <laughs> what is that for? Well, I don't blame him. The idea of having a penny peanut machine out here for birds. <laughs> That's for people, not birds. We had a worm machine out here, but they crawled out for nothing. <laughs> I gotta have that fixed. Are you going in for a dip in the pool, Miss Livingston? Uh, not now, Rochester. I think I'll wait till later. If you're smart, Mary, you'll go in now. Oh, that's right. The prices change at 12 o'clock. <laughs> not that, but the pool gets crowded later in the afternoon. We have the same prices all day. I just got a load of that silly sign you got out front. Swim at Denny's for 20 pennies. <laughs> Mary, I have a lovely pool. There's no reason why I shouldn't share it with people. Naturally, I have to make a nominal charge to pay for... Here the comes the customer, boss. Oh, yes. Pull those palm leaves off the cash register. Well, good morning, young man. Good morning, Mr. Benny. Is your pool open yet? Yep, this is the first day of the season, and you're the first customer. Oh, boy, the first customer. Then I get the free swim. No, no, I'm sorry, young man. I've discontinued that policy this year. <laughs> uh, sorry. That's all right. The whole world is changing. <laughs> yes, it is, it is. Well, here's my 15 cents. See you later, Mr. Benny. Oh, oh, just a minute, bud. On account of the laundry situation, I'm making a small charge for towels this year. That'll be 20 cents and all. But I brought my own towel. I'm sorry. You'll have to check that. But, Mr. Benny... You see, kid, you see, if I let people bring in towels, I won't know who's taking mine out. <laughs> but that doesn't seem very... Next, please. Next. There's no one behind him. Quiet. Uh, 20 cents out of a quarter. Here's your nickel change, kid. Here, take your nickel. Keep it. You'll think of something. <laughs> take it. Oh, attendant, show this gentleman to his locker. Yes, sir. Right this way, sir. Can I bring you a scotch and soda, sir? Rochester. You see that he gets just one towel. Remember last year, there were a lot of them missing. Yes, sir. No, Mary, I have a feeling this is going to be my best season. Well, I think you opened too early. It's pretty chilly yet to go in swimming. Oh, there's a little ice around the edge of the pool, but out in the center it's all open water. Uh-oh, here come some more customers. It's Don Wilson and Phil Harris. Well, they better be customers if they know what's good for them. Well, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome to Benny's Bathing Pool. Hiya, Jackson. Mary. Hello, Jack. How's your cold coming along? Oh, I feel fine, Don. I'll be back on the program tomorrow as Master of Ceremonies. Ain't we going to have Orson Welles on the show? Definitely not. I'm going to handle the show myself. Back to the corn, huh? <laughs> Phil, for a guy with a wife, a baby, and no talent, you're taking an awful chance. <laughs> now, give me 20 cents. You're going in for a swim. Swim in that icy water? What are you trying to do? Sober me up? <laughs> Isn't so cold, Phil. 
I dove in myself this morning, didn't I, Rochester? Yeah, but that quarter on the bottom of the pool turned out to be a bottle cap. <laughs> well, the way the light hit it, it really fooled me. How about you, Don? Are you going in for a swim? Oh, uh, I don't know, Jack. The water in the pool seems awfully low. Believe me, Don, when you get in, Mary and I will have to move to higher ground. <laughs> now, give me 40 cents for you and Phil. Okay, here you are. Thank you. Take those lockers, number three and five there, on the end, fellas. Okay, Jackson. Well, three customers already. It isn't even noon yet. <laughs> oh, for Rochester. <laughs> Rochester, what are you doing with that? <laughs> Rochester, what are you doing with that chicken? What's that, boy? I said, what are you doing with that chicken? I was just searching it to see if it had any towels. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that bird over the fence. Okay. So long, lunch. <laughs> Rochester, if I told you once, I told you ten times, don't annoy Mr. Coleman's chickens. If any of those hens are missing, he'll blame us. That's what you said about his grapefruit, and he has yet to mention it. <laughs> well, it so happens, Rochester, that the grapefruit hit the ground on my side of the fence. Yes, sir, that coal chute worked out fine. <laughs> now, Rochester, if you don't... Well, here comes Dennis. Hello, kid. Sorry I'm late, Mr. Benny. Are there many customers here? No, only three so far. Good, then I'll have time for a dip in the pool first. Dennis, if you read your contract with Benny Bathing Pool Incorporated, you will find that Clause B stipulates that you are to supply entertainment whether our customers here or not. Now, let's have a song. But, Mr. Benny, that contract also says that I'm supposed to be the lifeguard. So what? Well, gee, if I'm the lifeguard, I'd better learn to swim. I worry about things like that. <laughs> Look, it's sing your song, bring in some customers. You can learn to swim later. Now, go ahead. Let's have your song. <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. 
let me spend my life making Well, Dennis, in fact, I want you to do that song on the uh, program tomorrow. Okay. Can I go in the pool now, Mr. Benny? Yes, but don't dive in the shallow end. I've got rice planted there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, kid, I've been meaning to, uh, to talk to you about something. I heard you on the Eddie Cantor program last week. How was it? I wasn't home that night. <laughs> well, naturally... Now, Dennis, who gave you permission to go on Candor's program? Orson Welles, that's who. Orson Welles! <laughs> well, watch it, kid. Well, from now on, you'll be working for Orson Welles. Now, go for a swim before you think that over. <laughs> you know, I got a great idea, Mary. What my pool needs is a little glamour. Do you think, uh, you think you could get some of your girlfriends to come over? Well, I don't know, Jack. Sure you could. Call up Barbara Stanwyck and Ann Southern and Claudette Colbert and invite them over for a swim. Of course, I don't think I ought to charge them, do you? Look, Jack, if you get those gals in your pool, you can bottle the water and sell it for $10 a quart. <laughs> Where can you get quarts nowadays? <laughs> You're the shortage, sister. Well, what do you know? The sun is finally coming out. <laughs> yeah, why don't you take off your glasses and tan your tussies? Mary, stop making fun of my ensemble, will you? Uh-oh, stay boss, here comes that crazy board of yours. Rochester, how many times do I have to tell you that Mr. Billingsley is not crazy? Yeah, hey, did you see him at breakfast this morning? No, what happened at breakfast? He swallowed a raw egg and then drank boiling water for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He was in a hurry, that's all. Well, hello, Mr. Billingsley. Hello, Mr. Benny. One of the rumor girls, I see. <laughs> no, 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 Mr. Billingsley. This, uh, this is a bathing suit. I'm out here drinking in the sunshine. Drinking in the sunshine. I'll get a bottle and join you. <laughs> well, you misunderstand. I mean, I'm out here getting a tan. Old Sal just came out. Oh, yes. Old Sal Wurzel. Been east, hasn't he? (laughs) Good old Sal. He'll love that one. I'll never get out of this. I better change the subject. By the way, Mr. Billingsley, Mr. Billingsley, I see you have your bathing suit on. Are you going for a plunge? Oh, I'd love to, but I left my plunger at the Mocambo. (laughs) Well, goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye. Oh, she's living in Anaheim. (laughs) Good old Mr. Billingsley. By the way, Rochester, he's supposed to pay his board today. Did you collect it? No, he said the money won't be dry till tomorrow. That's my fault. I should never have given him that printing press for Christmas. Hey, kids, get a load of Don and me in these bathing suits. Yeah, don't we look like a couple of Adonises? Don, you alone look like a couple of Adonises. (laughs) Say, Phil, that's an unusual bathing suit for a man to be wearing. Where'd you get it? Ain't it a butte? 
Alice wore it in her last picture. <laughs> Alice Faye wore that suit? Somehow on you, Phil, it doesn't inspire me. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'll never be elected Miss Brooklyn Navy Yard, would I? <laughs> no, but you might get runner-up on Miss Boyle Heights. <laughs> Well, what are you waiting for, Don? Aren't you going to jump in the pool? Oh, I don't think so, Jack. The water looks pretty cold. Oh, come on. Jump in, Don. Take a chance. Come on, Don. What are you waiting for? In you go. Look out, Don. He's going to push it. Oh, Phil, stop that. What are you... Oh, <laughs> stop that. Well, come on. Jump in. Okay. Jump in. Okay, here I go. Oh, oh, watch it, Mary. Watch it. Watch what? Get up on the chair. Here comes a wave. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that water's cold. Well, here's 20 cents, Jack. I'm soaked to the skin. Thank you. That water's got chlorine in it. I hope it didn't ruin my victory garden. Well, your, your garden's all right. But say, Jack, what's Rochester putting up in the middle of it? Where? Well, I'll be darned. Rochester, take that off. What, boss? Take that off the scarecrow. But, boss, the crows here in Beverly Hills are very ritzy. I don't care. Take my tuxedo off that scarecrow. <laughs> now take it off. Your diamond stick pin, too? <laughs> Everything. I want that tuxedo. Suppose I win the Academy Award next year. What'll I wear to the banquet? If you win the Academy Award, you can go in your underwear. Who else will be there? <laughs> I'm liable to win the award for tomatoes alone. My garden keeps on the way it's going. Oh, you're some farmer. You and your silly experiments. Oh, they're not so silly. Remember last year? You sp sprinkled cheese all over the ground and tried to face all rotten potatoes. Sure, I sprinkled cheese. I had an idea. <laughs> what are you giggling about? Every other gardener around here had trouble with potato bugs, but you had mice. <laughs> All right, I still say it doesn't hurt to experiment. Say, Mr. Benny, pardon me for interrupting, but would you Just mind... Just a minute, I... Dennis. You know, Mary, I wouldn't laugh about my garden if I were you. I might turn out to be another Luther Burbank. Another who? Burbank. Luther Burbank. Oh, yeah, they named Glendale after him. <laughs> they named Burbank after him. Oh, I guess I didn't analyze it. <laughs> Certainly didn't. Hey, Mr. Benny, speaking of horticulture experiments, are you going to try out that idea I gave you? No, Rochester, no. I told you it would never work. Uh, what was his idea, Jack? Oh, Rochester wanted to irrigate the lemon trees with gin and grow Tom Collins. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would never have worked. Now, Dennis, what was it you started to ask me? Well, can I phone my girlfriend and have her come over here for a swim? It's very important that I see her in a bathing suit. Why? Why do you have to see your girl in a bathing suit? Well, there's a rumor going around that she's got knocked knees, and I can't tell by listening. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your girl's name, Dennis? Mary Bell Buzzer. <laughs> Mary Bell Buzzer. Oh, yeah, she has got... I mean, bring her around, Dennis. <laughs> bring her around anytime. Say, Jackson, here comes your medico. My what? Your medico. That's doctor for Latin. That's Latin for doctor. <laughs> well, hello, Doc. Well, well, and how's my little patient? Shall we take that nasty cast off your leg today? <laughs> 
look, doctor, I had a cold, you cured me, and I feel fine. Now, how much do I owe you? How much? Yes. What's my bill? Uh, just a minute. Now, where did I put that hypodermic needle? I don't need a hypodermic. I can take it like a man. Now, how much do I owe you? Well, there was a prescription for cough medicine, which cost $2. Uh-huh. Then there were three sulfur tablets with sulfur 10 cents apiece. <laughs> <laughs> That's $2.30 so far. What else? Uh, You bit my thermometer in two while listening to the Fred Allen program. That's a dollar and a quarter. (laughs) It was worth it. Now, what's the total, Doc? Well, including six visits to your house, the whole thing comes to (laughs) $45,000. Now, wait a minute, Doc. Aren't you starting a little high? That's the only way I'll get ten bucks, and you know it. Ten bucks. Well, that's more like it. Now, I'll tell you what, Doc. This is the grand opening of my swimming pool today. Now, how'd you like to take a free swim and call the whole thing even? Good. I'll dive right in now. Hey, wait a minute, Doctor. Not there. That's the shallow end. Whoop! Bump my head. (laughs) Doctor, Doctor, come out of there. Doctor, you're ruining my rice bed. (laughs) Doctor. Doctor, come out of... Rochester, put down that chicken. Doctor, come out of that pool. Rochester, put down that... Rochester! Doctor! Doctor! Rochester! And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what happened yesterday at the grand opening of Jack's swimming pool. That's right, Dom. My rice bed was ruined, but we had fried chicken for dinner. Play, Phil. <laughs> I Love Tea, played by Phil Harris and his boys, who have yet to drink coffee or tea out of anything but a saucer. (laughs) I might even have said who have yet to drink either coffee or tea. (laughs) But I've been sick and I'm sweet now. (laughs) Yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have something of great interest uh, to all of you. In a few moments... You better be sweet. What? Look, Jackson, I don't care whether you've been sick or not. Lay off them wisecracks. Hmm. 
In a few moments, ladies and gentlemen... From now on, be a gentleman. If you can't say something derogatory about my boys, don't say nothing. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll be derogatory. And now, ladies and gentlemen... You don't even know what derogatory means. Derogatory? Derogatory means tending to or the nature of derogation, disparagement, or detraction. Uh, Dennis, that's Don Wilson's line. I thought there was something wrong here. <laughs> Ah, oh, folks, what other program has such bottlenecks? <laughs> what a dodo. Wait a minute, Jack. You don't appreciate Dennis. I think he's a very nice boy. Sure he's a nice boy, Mary, but he doesn't have to... Why, Loretta! Oh, for heaven's sake, Loretta Young, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, we've been expecting you, Loretta, and folks, the few words that Miss Young has to say to us are of vital importance. Thank you, Jack. Here's something I would like to ask everyone to think of. To think of when you go to bed tonight. Think of this as you lift the window and smell the night air and look out at the stars. Think of this. There are thousands of little shacks in the Philippines that are empty tonight. There are thousands of little cottages like yours in Yugoslavia, Greece, China, Russia... Empty tonight. Where have all the people gone? Why didn't you know? They are dead. You are still alive. Your blood is warm. A face you love is there on the pillow in the dusk of the room. And everything is so quiet and still and, and beautiful. That's worth saving, isn't it? Others are dying in order to save it for you. Then is our country asking too much? When it asks you to become a part of a second war loan, $13 billion for a tax, for the invasion of Europe, how much can you spare? How much can you invest? How many war bonds can you buy today? Well, ask yourself those questions as you stand at your window tonight and smell the fresh, clean night air and look out at the stars. Ordered in Drexel 7211. What you said has brought home to us the importance of buying war bonds. Thank you. The Basic Seven. You're reading about them in the papers, you're hearing about them on the radio. The Basic Seven groups of foods, which our new national nutrition program tells us we should all have every day. And featured in this basic seven are whole grain cereals. Cereals such as Grape Nuts Flakes. Yes, delicious toasty brown Grape Nuts Flakes are a whole grain cereal, the kind of food your government urges you to eat at least once a day. Every ser serving of Grape Nuts Flakes and milk provides whole grain nourishment, including minerals, proteins, vitamins, and carbohydrates. Besides, Grape Nuts Flakes are plentiful, thrifty, unrationed. So do as Uncle Sam urges you to do. Get the basic seven into your daily diet, including more whole grain cereals. And for tops and delicious flavor, make it Grape Nuts Flakes. Remember, you don't give up a single precious ration stamp when you buy Grape Nuts Flakes. Good night, everybody. The Jack Benny program is written by Bill Meyer and Ed Ballard.
Well, my friends, there is another show of the old radio companion, and just like summer itself, our show has come and gone. But just like summer, it does come back once again. And what's even better with the old radio companion is you don't have to wait that long. It comes week after week, and it'll be coming back to you this coming Friday. I thank you all so much for listening, and I do appreciate all your support. But before I leave, I just had to say there is this one listener out there that I got this email from, and his name is William. Well, William, this show was for you, so take care, my friend, and thanks for listening. Also, all of you out there, feel free to write me, tell me what you like about the show, and if there's any shows you would like to hear. I love hearing from all my listeners, so just make sure you write me at theoldradiocompanion at gmail.com. Theoldradiocompanion at gmail.com. Also, just keep listening to us on your favorite podcast station and write me when you can and keep listening. And until next time, my friends, this is Jay Lewis, Off the Air.